Hi, and welcome once again to What's the Damage companion show to the incredibly well-known and popular real play D&D show, A Roll for Damage, made possible by viewers like you. So um, sometimes the aftermath of things is almost as hard as the thing itself. That's when you really notice how sore your muscles are, how tired you are, how much you're looking forward to your soft, quiet bed, and how much you're not looking forward to talking to the entire triumvirate before you even had a chance to rest or get dinner or, you know, just sit down for five seconds. But stuff happened. Uh, stuff happens. And the three big bosses were waiting to debrief our heroes when they finally managed to stumble back to Oriana's mom's yeah. house. Uh, we have some good news and we have got some uh, news. So the good news is Oriana's head is officially off the chopping block. Bad news is uh, Beltime's sister got detained for questioning by the government. Uh, <laughs> good news, the conspiracy has been revealed. Bad news, shit's still pretty complicated. There might be another few layers to this, who knows. Good news, the party got paid quite handsomely for the work they did. Bad news, the party now has to do community service for the government once again because of all the breaking and entering they did while doing that thing that they did, which they got paid for. It's a little circuitous. <laughs> But you know, whatever, that's bureaucracy. Um, there's plenty to discuss today and plenty to speculate about, and we will be doing all of that starting in just a minute. As always, stick around for streams, links, charities, resources, cool shit. I'm your host, Truth Benson, and this is What's the Damage? We've got some wonderful guests. We've got Khalil back because unfortunately his power went out last week um, in the middle of stream. So we didn't get to ask him a bunch of questions, which I desperately need the answers to. Hi, Khalil. Welcome back. Um, and then we've got Jake, who plays Oriana, who has had another big day. Feels like she's always having big days. So, uh, bunch of stuff happened. You guys got debriefed. You got some gold. Um, you found out maybe some stuff is going to happen next. Maybe, who knows, everything's really complicated. Baltane's sister got locked up a little bit. Yeah, sort of, maybe. A little bit. What's the damage, guys? Oh. 
you know, in spite of talking about all this, let's talk about Oriana's date. <laughs> oh, we don't need to talk about that. We can talk about something else. Uh, <clears throat> Oriana is, you know, she's grown up. She's a grown, she's, she's grown four eyes, literally and figuratively. She's also aged. <laughs> Not that noticeably. No, I mean, there's a little, there's a little like, you know, wrinkle lines that weren't there, worry lines that weren't there. It's like a aura of maturity, you know. Yeah. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> hey, I'm sure, like, you know, Oriana's mom, Stone Cold Milf, Oriana, getting there now. I did say there was, I mean, Cade was hanging out with Oriana's mom. He might have hey. acquired a taste for older women. <laughs> it might, might be more helpful than hurtful than, you know, in Oriana's case. Just, I'm just saying, I don't know. I wasn't there. I didn't. I wasn't there when uh, they were talking to each other, but you know, you know, could could be. Oh my god, what if Maria's mom is cheating on her dad with Cade? That'd be so dramatic. That'd Serenity, be so if you dramatic. Do that, I think I will actually cry on the street. <laughs> Beautiful. It wouldn't be the first time. Um. Anyway. <laughs> Lovely. Serenity loves making your players cry. Um. Yeah. Nice way. Promotions. <laughs> um. Anyway. So. Uh. Khalil, Valtime's sister showed up, and it's really her in the flesh. Stuff is happening. Um, could you refresh us a little bit on what Valtime had thought happened to her? Um. Well, so it kind of was a uh, um, the kind of drawing piece of Valtime's backstory of like his him and his sister were essentially. Um, out and adventuring uh, um, together, and had she had gotten um, kidnapped, Asimar napped um, by a bunch of undead, um, and Baltaim basically just wasn't uh, kidnapped. He was just like they're like, oh, we don't need this guy. Uh, kill him if you want to. Um, and basically, uh, what he had thought is that. Um, Undead had taken her and for some reason not taken him. Uh -huh. um, and that was the sort of whole like process of the going to uh, uh, Zerithamar and finding that outpost and the whole um, outpost of uh, the undead and the corrupting light thing. And that's where this like uh, the culmination of all that kind of led to what this um, undying cult and Asmar being used for some sort of weapon. Um, that is, that's pretty much it for uh, what Baltimore understood and how, and from the information we gather, what he understands currently. Well, um, well, luckily she doesn't appear to be being held prisoner by zombies or anything at the moment. Um, and she's friends with Butcher, apparently, who doesn't seem like the mustache twilling supervillain that Dobby thought he was, but is still a criminal. Is this a surprise um, for Baltaim to know that his sister's like involved in this kind of stuff? Um, from what he understands, it's not like she like suck, like like uh, seeked, yeah, <laughs> seeked, <laughs> seeked out <laughs> butcher uh, to like you know be buddy buddies. It was more like it's from my, what I understand, it's like he. Like she was there, he was there because of his daughter, and mm -hmm. by circumstances they had a relationship because he wanted to do something for his daughter, and she, he kind of saw his daughter and and shy, 
and he was like oh i i don't feel right trying to like not mm. help this girl um so that that did come off as a surprise and i did not ever think in any world that uh my sister and butcher would be like like the tag team duo <laughs> of the century um so i did not expect that uh and it was kind of I was kind of conflicted of like, what do I do? Because I've like only heard Dobby's perspective of Butcher. So I'm like, oh, this is a fucking stone cold killer. I need to like stop him. But uh -huh. I, getting his story, understanding him a little bit more, I think there is more of appreciation on both same sides for him. Yeah. And they seemed kind of close, I thought. Um, or at least that was the impression. They seemed like they were friends, at least, or they're at least very yeah, well, friendly. It's, it's, I mean, if, if this, like, this timeline still tracks the same, mm -hmm. probably been a few, you know, it's been like six or some, some months with ball team and these people. So it's probably been nearly the same amount of time of her yeah. and Butcher. So they had a chance to get to know each other. Yeah. Um, that might prove to be a problem as Butcher is part of the underworld and ball sister just got arrested sort of kind of just being held kind of kind being of researched of, yeah. you know well she's not allowed to leave so yeah, she's being detained yeah. detained um, yeah detained as it were yeah so is i mean was i worried about this because he did seem quite upset when everyone was like actually we're just gonna take your sister and scoot her off to this uh black site over here yeah well team's quite upset yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> i i i just i actively just didn't make i made a choice to not just like start yelling at people because i just it was already like going, we're already going down that right route with like everyone else yelling at oriana so i just mm -hmm. wanted to like Ball team's always been like since we've known it's been the Zen guy anyway. So him coming out of a different approach of like, I'm upset and disappointed, not like angry. Like I think makes a different shade of like anger than like just yelling at people. Um, but he's definitely not happy about this. He um this he to his in his eyes, he basically just like traded shackles for his sister. Mm -hmm. Um which might be helpful might not be helpful um but he definitely wanted to let her have the freedom of her choice to do what she wanted to do she wanted to be you know safe safeguarded away um mm -hmm. that would be up to her um and he would um you know assist in any manner possible honestly um but he wanted it to be up to her choice not to just like well these people are taking it now and okay can't do anything about it which is basically what's what's has a uh, mm -hmm. transpired so he's not super happy about this outcome yeah i seem to recall that she was quite eager to leave too as she was um telling baltame i think um episode before last at the end the episode before last that we can talk but i need to get going pretty soon yeah well, she, I think, I think she, she mainly didn't want to, she just didn't want to be around a whole bunch of people. I don't think she, I, I don't know. I didn't, I don't, I didn't get the mm -hmm. feeling that she had like a next plan she was going to do, but it seemed like she just wanted to get away from a trail, away from this like noise and like, kind of like take a time, take some time to breathe and like, think about what are the next steps that we can think about together that won't endanger my brother or anyone surrounding. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully she gets out of jail soon. <laughs> or not jail. Gets out of not yeah, jail soon. Very nice detainment. 
different, different. You know, a polite, a polite little. You're not allowed to go anywhere. Yeah. Um, that seems to be how they do it in Israel. It's very polite, but uh, they will kill you probably. Um, anyway, so you guys have you guys did have your little debrief with the triumvirate um before we like really get into some, some of the stuff that happened there i was wondering do you think this is it for this particular conspiracy do you think there's another layer is something else going to come up do you have any crazy j-like theories uh i definitely don't think this is the end of this conspiracy um a frame very much seems to have hands on the reins when it comes to it. And the fact that he's still out there means that even if this wasn't maybe his idea, he still has it as an option to him. Mm -hmm. um, if I remember correctly, they haven't really found the evidence uh, that was planted yet. Um, mm -hmm. I think they're looking for it, but they haven't found it. So, you know, it, it kind of all depends on what it all is. I mean, now that the triumvirate knows about the evidence it's probably not going to have as much of an impact but it could still look really bad for them if it's something god-awful could be explosive could be explosives um i get a sense that in reverend from the way that uh, eliana acted this is par for the course there's always mm -hmm. some some conspiracy there's always some underhanded vibe for power there's always some my general that I know is trying to fuck me, you know, I'm just gonna let him do what he wants to do, let him think he has the upper hand. So when I ultimately find out and get someone else to find out, it be it's small potatoes in, in, in the end. I feel mm -hmm. like this is very just how business as usual goes here. I think um there is no end to like anything here. Um there's always just more vibing and juxtaposition and stuff power and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That's exhausting. Um, but yeah, I think I think you're right. She'd have very much have the attitude of, oh yeah, that sounds right. She didn't yeah. seem surprised at all when you guys were like, here's our evidence. Ah, dramatic. Um she was like, Oh, it <laughs> took you like three days. Okay, I was expecting like three, two, and but okay, that's fine. Yeah, she was work. like, oh, okay, yeah, that sounds that sounds like stuff stuff I pretty much knew already. Yeah. Um, thanks. <laughs> Fun times. Um awesome. So was Oriana expecting Jess K to show up? Yes. Uh, she really thought it was just going to be a, hey, we want to share with you what we found uh, so that we can, you know, maybe set up a meeting. She 100% did not think that the entire triumvirate would just be like, oh, we're going to stop everything that Let's we're go. doing. Country, you're on hold. Hold on. Sorry. All, all operations. Pause pause that button we're going to this little tiefling's house and we're gonna have a meeting with her um, it was very dramatic yeah uh in retrospect oriana probably should have guessed that that's what was going to happen based off of the information she gave in the sending so she probably could have worded that a little bit better you know maybe hey we what have an update say? we want to share remember. with you uh, she, she, ba she basically summarized like the, in the everything they found out, mm -hmm. uh, you know, implying that, hey, we kind of solved the problem. Or, okay. well, uh -huh. you know, it, 
he has some guards that travel with him, you know. Gim at saying that he said he wouldn't be alone. Yeah. Just real, I, I have to keep reminding myself they can't hear her, her snide comments. Oh, yeah. I have, yeah. <laughs> she has to turn on the peanut gallery, which she usually doesn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's just so everyone knows, Serenity is always making little comments in the background. The DM is always omnipresent and omni-aware. Yeah, omnipresent and omni-aware. So if we're ever laughing at what looks like nothing, it's probably something Serenity said. Um, <laughs> Lordy. Though, honestly, like I was also a little bit surprised that the entire triumvirate um, showed up in force at Oriana's mom's house. I was expecting it to be a little bit more of a low-key debrief, but you know, they've got a sense for melodrama, perhaps. Maybe that's where Oriana gets it. That's the culture. That's the culture. It's melodramatic. Um, lovely. Everything's but a parade. It's a parade. Oh, it's always a performance. Um, anyway, um, though Oriana is a, a good um result of this is that Oriana is a little bit more out of the woods than she was before. Um, she's no longer slayed for execution, so that's always a good thing to hear. So is, is this a relief for her? Like, does she feel like she's kind of earned a little a little bit of breathing room here? Um, I would equate this more to she's not at the chopping block anymore, but she's definitely not free. Um, I think this is more uh, or less a not a uh, not a stay of execution. I don't I don't think that's the right word. No, stay of execution means that you will get executed. probation later. instead of being probation. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, she's definitely more on like a probation. I feel like, especially because you know they still want her to do more work, um, for the country. Um, you know, which she's more than happy to do because they basically want her to do what she wants to do, which is find the asshole that lied to her and make him pay. <laughs> that was going to be my next question. How does Oriana feel about being tasked with capturing her old mentor? Um, honestly, the Emberhold Minds was kind of going to be like, a, okay, well, I'll do this. And then Kate was like, oh, yeah, by the way, he was seen there at some point. I don't know if he's still there, but he, that's our last information about him. Now she's like, okay, let's finish up what we got to do here. And then we're going to go on a field trip. And then I'm going to get this guy and I'm going to put him into a bubble of just pure energy and never let him out. <laughs> very mad at him. Uh, yeah. Would... Yeah. She does not like being used. Right. So does she... This is something that I thought was interesting because, like, does Oriana now think that he lied to her about everything, or she's gonna ask him some questions? I, I'm, I'm guessing when uh, we eventually, or if we eventually catch him, um, but at the moment she's operating under the assumption that he was definitely twisting the truth. Uh, uh, when he was speaking to her he was definitely trying to get her to question things um you know about her home about her country about her people mm -hmm. um i think i have written somewhere in her backstory that she's a nationalist at heart like she believes in her country and its ideologies oh. but when she 
<laughs> well, I mean, okay, their ideology is, hey, a unified world is a peaceful world. They're imperialists, though. Yeah, they're very... They're imperialists, yes. I mean, there's some things Proper wrong. Britain, proper early America. But that's... Is, but, that's you know. but that's kind of how she's how she's grown. Like, I mean, before she met him, she was 100% drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to unify the world. She didn't care how that was being done. She knew there was, you know, military, but she, for the most part, thought, you know, oh, you know, it's it's just, you know, it's a necessary evil. And then she heard about the weapons of mass destruction and the bombs mm -hmm. and those kinds of things. And she's like, the, uh, excuse me, they're doing what? <laughs> um, and that was the kind of the point where she started like thinking, okay, I need to get out of here. I need to do, you know, I need to, I need to stop this. I need to tell the world. Mm -hmm. uh, and then she kind of finds out, oh, the guy that made those bombs was the guy who told me that my country's doing all this stuff. Hmm. I wonder did if he... this information, uh, yeah, yeah, Kate was no, the but, one who- No, no, or, uh, did he Kate, make uh, them? What's Damien. your mentor's name? Or, Damien. 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 Do, do you know Damien. who he made them Damien. for, though? He made them, uh, he- He made them for, true. Um, DMA, yeah. Uh, uh, the, previ the, the previous, basically the previous government. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the previous government. Um, but still for a trip. For oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. and I'll just say, I, I don't know if this is appropriate to like anyone besides Truth to ask questions, but like, is is like Oriana on like Team Atril, Team Riverin? Yeah, is she back on Team Atril? She she's interested in making her own judgments and opinions now. Um, she's tired of people kind of telling her a story and you know just going along with it um that's happened too often to her and she's gotten burned way too many times for it so right now she's trying to learn more um the date with Cade, ironically enough is kind of part of that for her she's trying to learn more about him prior prior to coming back to him or coming back to a trail all of her information on him was basically from uh, Damien mm -hmm. and what he told her about him. So she's willing to get to know him. She's willing to see if he's a good person. And if she thinks he's a good person, she would trust him to do the right thing in certain situations. And that may lead to her, um, you know, being willing to be team Atril, team Riverin again. Well, so it's for sure. <laughs> I don't trust any of these people. I don't like any of these people. Cade is like the one person I like. Kind of, he both is kind of trust. Cade's been like the one man of like his word so far. I definitely, Oriana definitely doesn't trust Ileana. Yeah, I don't trust. But she people. she admires her because she's a powerful arcanist and she no, admires magic. <laughs> so she wants she wants yeah. <laughs> She, she wants to learn more about Ileana and magic and things like well, that. So they, they've told you what they want to tell you about Damien. Might be true, might not be true. I don't, I don't trust any of these people. Well, that's why she's going to ask questions when yeah. we eventually find him. Mm -hmm. You know, she's tried messaging him once to try and get an idea, and he was very evasive about it. So if we find him, he can't really be evasive about that, hopefully. Make sure you have counterspell ready. Lordy. So would it be a relief for Oriana to be able to be Team Atril again? Like you said, she's a nationalist to heart and she had like this great um, like moment, this huge moment of death and made her leave home um, from what Damien told her. Is this 
could this be a way for her to kind of like regain her old equilibrium? Like, is she, is that something she wants? It's not something she thought she would want, but with rebuilding the relationship with her mother, um, especially if, if nothing else, like if she finds out that the government are all assholes and all that kind of stuff, she still wants to be able to be with her mom mm -hmm. and she still wants to be able to rebuild that relationship uh, with her family. Will she be Team Atrill if she finds out they're all assholes? Probably not, but she's also not opposed to the idea of, hey, our system of government is kind of, you know, if, if you have the capability, then you are worthy to hold the position. Maybe I can fix it. You know, just a little ambition, tiny bit. <laughs> she is yeah. following the god of ambition now. That is true. And be very, um, very worthy or what's the word appropriate for yeah. uh, an acolyte of Asmodeus to take over a country or possibly the whole world, you know? Um, <laughs> Lordy. Um, Oreo's mother, though, did kind of warn her about, oh, you making faces, you okay? <laughs> well, uh, she yelled at Orion. <laughs> no, no, I. everybody yells at Orion. It's old hat now. Uh, yeah. um, I think people should be a little bit nicer to Orion now. I'm I'm more sympathetic with Orion these days. Oh, I think she's thinking. It's just like she, well, uh, she kind of like stood up for herself a bit this episode because she was like, you know, I'm not trying to hurt you guys actively. I'm trying my best. I'd like a little bit of credit. You know what? I think she deserves a little bit of credit. She's been having a rough time of it. Like she comes home. She's like, oh, hey, you're a traitor to the nation and we're going to execute you. Um stressful you know yeah a little stressful a little stressful to the team is stressful um what was i saying oriana's mom <laughs> yeah or, yeah her mother yeah. oriana's mom um so like she was actually i i thought she seemed sort of frightened in a way about like the full triumvirate like showing up um unannounced and one thing she said to oriana which i thought was interesting was that every family has its secrets um, and she seemed very worried about the government potentially finding some of these things. I don't think she's like a spy or anything, but is Orion aware of like family secrets, which might be harmful if they got out? Whatever the DM is doing with that, I did not write in the backstory. So that is 100% <laughs> unknown to me. Um, like I, I, I have actively been like thinking about it. Like, what, what mm -hmm. secrets could the family have? Her mom is a famous, you know, singer. You know, her dad is a, you know, not not like a, a, what is he? A, a, a general? general? Yeah, yeah, a general uh, in the in the military. So, I mean, their family, while not necessarily, you know, their entire lives are public knowledge, they're pretty intertwined with the you know either the government or mm -hmm. the society at large so skeletons in the closet like what what are what could those be so she's definitely thinking about it mm -hmm. um i don't really have a guess right now i'm wondering was Ariana's dad involved in like the previous regime oh what is he probably right um he's he's definitely old enough so he could have been hmm. Hmm. 
because the regime change was probably when Oriana was like a girl, maybe. Oh, so it was very early recent, teens, actually. Late tens, early teens. Oh, so this is all still a bit unstable then. If you know, it's still cooling, as it were. This yeah, which new, is, which is kind of dangerous. I like a young dangerous. country is a young is usually a dangerous country. Mm. Or not a young uh, country, but a young government. Well, like a young government, like in this like new mm -hmm. like how do we structure our power? How do we display our power? Like that's a very like dangerous and like like inconsistent government because they don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. they, I mean, they know what to do, but they don't know like how strong it should be, how less forceful it should be. So it's kind of like up in the air where they're, they're, mm -hmm. they'll play on one side of the field. Yeah. yeah. Especially one that overthrew the previous one as Rennie just uh, pointed out, they're probably loyalists to the old regime still around. Ooh, makes it all very, very exciting and complicated and juicy. I love that. Um, wonderful. Oh, I saw many things. So, so I just kind of went on a rant about Oriana, but I wanted to ask, does Oriana feel like people are being unfair to her? Because that was the impression I got during her little, during the, the lecture and the response to the lecture. She definitely is frustrated with the group mm -hmm. because like she, like she told them, she's never actively tried to hurt anyone in the group she's never intentionally gone into something like oh this will this will get them you know this will this will this will prove them you know she's always oh. done what she thought was best for the group whether mm -hmm. that was withholding information she thought was too dangerous like in the cave or um you know not telling them the whole story about uh, uh her situation as far as she knew going back to atril because she didn't want them to be like, no, 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 let's be safer about this and like start days outside of the city or whatever, you know. Um, she's all always, always had the group's interest in mind when she's made decisions. The only time she's really ever let herself be selfish was during this art to some extent, because her life is literally on the line. And several times the group wanted to effectively break the law and she's like well hold up now last time we did that I've we got, got an ankle bracelet trouble. guys literally got an ankle bracelet yeah mm -hmm. so and even then when you know the group pointed it you know pointed it out to her she somewhat begrudgingly but didn't want her friends to get harmed didn't want her friends to get injured because she didn't go with them ended up going with them anyway mm -hmm. so at the end of the day she didn't even make the selfish choice um until everybody was safe. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't go so far as to say that Oriana's actions have never made things hard for the group because they have. That's just a fact. oh, they have. They definitely. Um, have. Yeah, yeah, but I lost the second half of my point. Oh, but I do feel I have sort of gotten the impression that Perry and Quinn specifically are always quite ready to start in on a lecture at Oriana and. It's been, it's my impression, and I'm just a person who watches the stream. I'm not a player, I'm not the DM, but it does kind of bring gameplay to a standstill at times, because these will be like 40 minute arguments that just kind of go in a circle. Yeah. Yeah, um, it, it, it is, and it's an issue. We're, we're actively working on that to try and uh, prevent those kinds of things in the future, but um, 
it definitely doesn't come off well in the game. It definitely feels like for Oriana, the group's really jumping down her throat over every mm-hmm. mistake she makes. You know, they did she's it to trying a little bit too. Maybe. Yeah, they did it to Campion, which was why uh, after the whole dragon thing, like Oriana didn't want to just you know be another person berating Campion. She actively was like, "Hey, you you goofed, but this isn't the end of everything. Mm-hmm. Let's." try and you know fix this problem down the road when we have some time let's cut let's go back to that place and you know try and help it regrow at least we we took a beauty from the world let's try and give something back um you know because she saw how people were jumping out on him and she didn't particularly agree with that like she was she was hurt she was frustrated during all of that but she didn't want to just be another person beating up on the guy who probably already felt really bad and then campion kind of came to her defense during uh, the most previous episode yeah yeah he came to her defense uh uh this episode the episode oh. prior yeah, yeah the prior a... episode most uh, previous episode yeah. <laughs> oh so much stuff happens you yeah. guys so much and, stuff happens and this is like that's like the like i try to like have like a nuanced position because like mm-hmm. there i definitely I didn't even want to have this conversation because I wanted to mostly talk to Oriana about herself because it was kind of like involved mm-hmm. mainly me and mainly her. Um, but I just, yeah, because I don't even like, I, I, I think I'm probably, other than Campion, is probably the other like second most, maybe Cynric has been like behind Oriana. Like I tend to not, I don't think I've brought him as brought up like previous things she's done. I just always like, if there's something happens in a moment, I say, hey, you messed up. This is like, you probably should have done this. And like, wait until another thing happens and like say like this is something else we need to talk and do something about um Mm -hmm. i don't tend to bring up like previous things that like a habit of whatever like you know saying she has a habit of being stuff i just like try to like hey this was selfish you know Mm -hmm. speak to us if you're gonna be do this blah 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 um and it it is sort of kind of like that like i'm trying to be like supportive of her but also like hey listen i messed up myself like mm-hmm. we gotta just come own it be like and that's fine i'm i'm i and i both teams actually try like said hey perry like you're not being fair to her to Oriana at this moment hey quinn you can't just go and attack campion at this moment like i'm upset too a campion you can't just go and like just you know wild off and hit him for no reason um so it's like it's sort of like in that weird spot trying to play that like middle ground area trying to like be like having his own frustrations about this whole situation um and then also like trying to like be a friend because it's like there i who am i to say you know you can't overcome your mistakes i've made some like both made so many mistakes so um there's that weird juxtaposition ball teams in we have those like big group fights and i think that's why he tends to like try to talk to people one-on-one to see how they doing yeah there was um a nice moment which i remember when baltaim well he was criticizing Mariana, but i liked it because it was quite personal he was saying hey i've tried to support you before i've tried to be your friend i feel like i'm not really getting any of that back and i thought that was a good character moment like when you have um when you have one-on-one you, you can have character conflict that's part of a story when right. it's one-on-one it makes for good character moments i think um maybe less the whole group thing right but it's a discussion people are having off camera anyway um back to the actual episode so is Oriana excited for her date 
Um, Talk to us about that. She is pretty excited about it, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, From what she's seen of Cade, he's a very nice guy. And she honestly didn't think he was because of the things she had heard about from Damien. But again, when, you know, you're enemy essentially gives you the info or when the enemy of someone gives you information about them of course it's not going to be accurate um but she's talked to her mom about what Cade's done he's been very mm-hmm. patient and respectful and the fact that what six months after she committed high treason he's willing to give her another shot that's kind of like who does that Maybe like she- accident well, but the thing is, like, not, but not only was like she committing treason by doing that, but she, he had been the reason she committed it in a way. He gave her access to Damien. Um, so indirectly, he was a part of it too, and that kind of reflected on him. So he could have just been an asshole and been like, no, fuck you. You, you almost ruined my life. But he's helped her. He's been kind to her he's been kind to her family you know he's he's done a lot for oriana in indirectly and directly so the fact that he's willing to give her a chance is interesting to her and she's curious to see where it goes his angle is (laughs) does oriana think she'll make it out of this without a perry and baltini makeover (laughs) (laughs) the the, f- <laughs> the fact that you guys think she wasn't already going to do something like that herself. Okay, all right. Is just wait, okay, all right. Okay, okay. just so we know it's coming. Just, <laughs> just, just so you know it's coming. Like, this one, this one. Okay. Like, I don't think you understand. Before you guys even have a chance to get to the, <laughs> to the makeup and dresses, her mom is going to be there just already. Oh, no, it's going to be all three of us. It's going to be Mama, mm-hmm. Mama, Helena, Harry, Baltine, we're all going to be. Yeah, the, the three prettiest characters. Yep. <laughs> It'd be so beautiful. I do think I think Baltaib would look really good in like like a deep blue ball gown. Really? You don't think it would clash with his skin? You don't think it would be too much? No, blue? It, it need no no, it needs to be like a like really a like, like a dark, like a okay. dark, dark see, blue. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. So it's like it almost looks black. Then you get closer, gotcha, like, gotcha. oh, that's just okay. another. Yeah, so Baltaim just looks like a whole ocean to himself. It'll be great. Okay, all right. Fashion. Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Me and Perry might crash the state. Who knows? We'll see. We'll find out. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be fun? Lovely. Okay, uh, one more Maybe thing. Just bring Cynric. Make it a double date. Yeah, good. There you go. Bring Cynric. <laughs> Dynamic duo. Um, one more thing I want to touch on before we move on. Um, so Oriana did get cursed a little bit and lose some some years, a number of years. And apparently she looks fine, um, but she did seem very upset about it. So I wanted to ask, like, does this mean something else to her, like apart from just using losing a little bit of her, of her youth? Because she asked um, several people whether they could help her and it did seem something she was a bit hung up on. So, okay. The, the way I've tried to explain this out of game to everyone, because everybody's been asking me, like, why are you so focused on this? Why are you obsessing about this? Yeah, it's, not the, it's not the age. It's not the fact that she got older. It's mm-hmm. the fact that she feels like she's lost that time. Okay. When everything in her life was starting to 
get better for her. She reconnected with her mom. She's rebuilding that relationship. She's home, um, you know, up until, you know, this arc, her relationship with the group had been, you know, repairing itself and been getting better. And now she's lost some time. Does it, does, it, you know, 20 years in, in the span of a teething life of 150, 160 years, does that really matter? Maybe not, but it's still her time and she values that. She mm-hmm. would love to spend that extra 20 years with her, with her family and her friends. I mean, 20 years is a long time. Like, Khalil's like 20. Yeah. One. And she doesn't know it's 20 years. And I, I think that's what a lot of people were getting hung up on. Don't do that, was, It was I, was I met a... Yeah, Khalil yeah. is a tiny baby. Don't do that. <laughs> Little baby. Yeah. God. Yeah. The other thing I would point out is that she was 22 years old. So she almost doubled her, her age. Yeah, and now she's she just like version um, player Milf Oriana, though. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> so you know again it's it's not like it's not she's oh my god i'm hideous now i mm-hmm. i'm 40 it's i've lost time of my life that i could have spent doing things that i could have spent mm-hmm. you know I, I mean imagine imagine if you suddenly aged up five years or something you know what i mean it's would you change that much maybe not but that's still five years of your life you don't get to get to enjoy get to live you know what i mean mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not it's not nothing it's not nothing yeah was i making a little bit too big of a deal about it maybe i wasn't trying to like you know attention hog the the, the game or anything just i wanted her to try because that's what she does mm-hmm. you know she always wants to learn she always wants to try she always wants to grow and develop and this was a unique situation that nobody really seemed to know how or why it happened maybe it would be worthwhile if we understand this yeah, I didn't think it was out of character or anything. It just seemed mm-hmm. like it had, it meant something to Oriana that was bigger than just what it was on the surface. Yeah, it was not just a surface level thing for her. Yeah. It was it was literally, I want that time back. Cool beans. Okay, um, we don't have that much time, but we are going to move on to our topic for today. Um, I am trying to keep up the spooky theme. We'll see how long I can do this. Uh, I'm going to run. I'm going to run out of topics before Halloween. I started too early. But um, today's topic is demons and devils and hell. Woo! So, no. um, ooh, hell! I should have done the ooh for the undead um, week. Live and learn. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Anyway, um, so first off, who can explain to me the difference between a demon and a devil in D anD? Devils are lawful. Demons are chaotic. Yeah, devils there, are. There, there's devils your are, two second or a four word summary. <laughs> devils are the the, the uh, infernal uh, spectrum, and demons are the abyssal in, uh, perspective. They abyss one mm-hmm. in the hells. At least placement-wise, yeah. Yeah, I always want to know more about the Abyss because we have so much lore about the Hells, but I feel like the Abyss is a little bit more loosely sketched out. Um, Speaking of which, so like how much do you guys know about the lore of the Hells and the war between the Hells and the Abyss and all of that cool stuff? I mean, I know a fair bit just being a DM and using those creatures. If you gave me some time, I'm pretty sure I could figure out all of the archdevils in, in the nine hells. All of them? 
Oh, there and I, and I might be able to get them in order. Maybe. Really? I couldn't do order, but I could. I could probably name all the archdevils, and I could probably. I could Wait, probably how many? How many are there? There's nine, right? There's nine. nine. There's yeah. well, not, ten, there's ten because one one One's layer is, is twins. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's ten. Right. Can't. Well, actually, I think there's eleven. I think there's a forgotten archdevil. I guess there's okay. technically nine archdevils because uh-huh. I don't know if you count Asmodeus as an archdevil. Oh yeah. Well, if you don't count Asmodeus, then there's ten. Because I think there's still a forgotten archdevil that has been like lost to time. And present. Yeah. Right. Present okay. apparently. Right. Um, so yeah, so I couldn't name. Trash. I couldn't name them by layers, but I could. I could name the the archdevils for sure, and I could name the archdemons. Game couldn't do it by layer. Did you do yeah. it for us? I could not name the, I could not name uh, the demons. I know if the arch devils, there's Glass, Glacia, Ferna, Mesopolis, uh-huh. um, Deus, Gagaroth, is that the forgotten one? I think um, so. Zariel, um, uh, Dispater. Um, Stop with um, them. <laughs> I said Mesopolis already. There's, a, there's another one. Oh. Are there two? Yeah. Third uh, level. Third level. Or third level. Third level. He's about greed. <laughs> Is that Dispater? Isn't Dispater greed? No, D- Dispater's paranoia. Oh. Uh, I think I'm missing missing two, two more. Jake, who's he missing? He's missing Mammon. Mammon. Mammon, Mammon, Mammon is right. the third layer, third layer, and he's the one who's like, yeah, I will totally like give you all the wealth in the world for your soul, and by the way, that wealth comes back to me when you're done with it. <laughs> you're renting it. Yeah. I mean, you can't take it with you. What, what's the quote in Morden Kynans? If you if you have enough wealth, Mammon is actually probably the only devil you would want to make a deal with because he would just take your wealth. I feel like I'm missing one more. That's probably are. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't keeping track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're still missing a couple. Uh, whatever. Good job, guys. Go team. Hand for Khalil. Hand. I was gonna say ball, but I was like, I feel like that's not right. I feel like I just dated myself saying ball. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I feel like that's wrong. Oh. Um, is ball team secretly an arch devil? Yeah, is ball team an arch devil? Mm. You'll have to find out, guys. Yeah, out. it's been pointed out that there is a ball, but that is B A A L, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the that's a murder god, I think, right? A murder god? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, murder gods. Um wonderful. So so uh Khalil, you talked about this a little bit, like you have some familiar with familiarity with this um because of your work as a DM. So as DMs, uh, how do you guys like usually utilize devils and demons? Is, is this the kind of lore that you like to weave into your stories? Or are they just like cool little bad guys that you use sometimes? Do you ignore them mostly? What do you like to do? Um it depends on where this 
like what I have as a structure to the store, like mm -hmm. what the back backgrounds are. Um, there might be like, you know, every now and again, like just something like that is from the hells or from the abyss that might be like somewhat of a, like a little like loose thing, but not like necessarily intangible to the whole like construct of a story. Um, I just think that like that lore is just interesting because of the, the war that they have and like how mm -hmm. they started. Um, if I have like a, a background to it, I definitely like, I definitely can fit like that, that narrative to that, that lore of the, like what the, like the blood war is. Um, but I, th I think it's more just like, I just like that. Like, it's just an interesting concept of the blood war and like the demons versus the devils and the devils versus mm -hmm. the demons and the angels sort of, um, I just think that's a, just an interesting, like, neat thing, like, in the lore of the D&D. &D. It's an interesting, neat thing. Devil, devils, for me, when you're playing, when I'm DMing, kind of suffer from Strahd syndrome, in a way, where, uh, well, uh, more, <laughs> more of, a, it's like, you can't really just have a random devil on the road. Yeah. Because oh, that's not really how devil. it fits. I mean, you can have a crossroads devil. Like, I mean, you could have that sort of a thing. But like, just a random devil showing up. You know, you can't roll a random encounter and just randomly put a devil in. You mm -hmm. need to have like an actual story purpose for why that devil is there. Because that's kind of how they work. They need a reason to do something. They're lawful creatures. They follow a set of codes and rules. And sure, they made those codes and rules, but they still have to follow them. Mm -hmm. Um. Whereas like demons, it's so easy to just kind of throw a random demon in somewhere, even a even a powerful demon, because mm -hmm. that's all they care about is just careless destruction and you know violence for the sake of it. Um, so I always find it hard to put devils into something without making an entire arc mm, about, about devils. Um, yeah, like you know, going to the nine hells to save a soul of a friend or something along those lines. You know, um, there was a campaign I was planning, and I I actually ended up giving up on it because I realized I was making it dark for the sake of just having a dark campaign, uh, where it was basically going to be what if the blood war was on the prime material plane. Um, and the whole kind of concept is that, you know, some idiot human opened a rift to the abyss that was permanent, made permanent. So now the demons are here. So now the devils have to get here so that, you know, the demons don't spread out to the rest of the multiverse. And then, oh, well, now de devils and demons are fighting on the homeland of, of, of the prime material. I guess the angels have to come in and make sure everybody's behaving themselves, you know. <laughs> So it was this whole idea of like the three factions were basically mm -hmm. just using the prime material plane as as a battleground, as, as a battleground, and well, you know that. What, it, it it was an interesting concept, but a lot of what it what I was building up for it was just dark for the sake of being dark. You know, it it I didn't feel like the story was going to go anywhere with it. Um. You know, maybe if I had spent more time on it, and it's it's an idea. I'll go back and revisit it eventually. But um, it, it's it is it is tough to make a game that's just purposefully dark for the sake of being dark. You're 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 hard pressed to find people that want to play that. I mean, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a, well, I but this is gonna be like a game. I went across the strong devils and all that kind of stuff all the time. I want to join the demon army. <laughs> 
<laughs> I actually, I actually was trying to make a a warlock subclass packed with the abyss for it. Everyone, everyone knows now. Truth is the age of chaos. Just so everyone's aware. You already knew that, surely. True. Um, I would also be in the demon army, though. True. Yeah, demon army buddies, being the same team. Uh, we can share barracks. Light is dying on me. Oh, you look so dramatic now. Dramatically lit. <laughs> Oh, wait, oh, let me it looks like you're about to give like a soliloquy. Yeah. No, your soliloquy. <laughs> Did you hear? I said you look like you're about to give a soliloquy with like the lighting just like from off your face. May, awesome. may, maybe another time. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next time, for next time you're on, memorize something for me. Because <laughs> I'm gonna start making you guys do that. Lord, can you imagine? Anyway, um, so uh sort of like the segues well into my next question which is kind of about how some people have said that Mar and D&D has become more about the forces of chaos versus the forces of order and we mentioned this right at the beginning uh the whole demon versus devil war is actually a really good example of that because it's evil versus evil but it's really just lawful evil versus chaotic evil and they really disagree about the right way to be evil um so we we just heard from Khalil, but if you had to take sides in the Hell Wars, where'd you end up? Um, like my like personally, if I was like I was like I was Whatever. set into D and D. Um, if I was set into D and D, I would take sides with devils. I mean, like hmm. they're they're like evil is bad, but like no matter what, but at least there is some structures. Like you can like there are people that live in the hells or like go to the hells and they're mm-hmm. they're fine. Um, you just have to know very clearly what the rules are and like know how to like properly act in the hells um so i'd probably like if i if my person like if i was a dd character i'd probably be in the hells uh i'd probably place my bastion with the hells because the i'm i'm myself and more lawful neutral than than like anything than more mm-hmm. chaotic so uh i would probably fit better that way but if i'm playing in a game i want to be definitely with demons chaos all day. yeah uh i would definitely be on the side of the devils um the demons it's not like they have an agenda they just wanted to destroy for the sake of the story yeah. <laughs> um, that's what we're told that's what we're told By but it's devil, also probably. what demons do <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know you look at like the Rizdun and and the, a lot of the like the the demon princes and stuff None of them really. I mean, uh, who uh, who's the one who thinks all of reality is an illusion, uh, and and if they wake up, they 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 would just destroy it or something. I Cthulhu? who is that? No, not Cthulhu. Is it Cthulhu? I thought this was like a demon. It was. It's not Orc. Oh, no, it is Orcus. Orcus, is, Orcus. Orcus believes he's the only true sentient creature and everything else needs to be destroyed so that he can like prove sentience is he's just him. his own or something. I, I don't know. I, for, I forget the specific lore. My, my only amendment to this, my statement, is if I'm strictly under Grotz um, because he's a sexy demon man. And that's <laughs> my only, only exception. Uh, Khalil will only work for sexy demon men. Exactly. Well, when when you waifu the most powerful witch in the D and D multiverse. <laughs> okay, Khalil's gonna home gonna wreck that home. <laughs> <laughs> 
I believe in Khalil. Um, I think I almost definitely end up inside the devils too, simply because I am accustomed to living in a society. I am yeah. domesticated. Uh, but like Khalil, if I was a character, I would be 100% going with the demons just because it's such a more, it's a more open world over there. Like there aren't as many rules. You can do what the fuck you want as long as you sow enough destruction and chaos. I think that sounds great. The one caveat being that the demons have one rule, which is eat or be. Right. I mean, I mean the, devils have, the devils have the same rule. They're just more polite about it. Survival's fittest. Yeah, same thing. It's just, you know, there's more extra things on top. Hey, it's a dog eat dog universe. It's a dog eat dog yeah. multiverse. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Anyway, um, I think we have time for like one more question. Um, so, what about playing tieflings? Um, since this is a race with like direct connections to hell, I feel like there are a lot of different ways you can play that because, I mean, you can kind of, you can kind of decide whether there's um, prejudice against tieflings in your world or not. You can decide whether or not your character um, feels proud of their heritage, feels ashamed of it, just ignores it. Um, how do you guys usually do that? How do you, where do you angle yourselves? I prefer uh, campaigns where Tieflings aren't like outright prosecuted or anything. Mm -hmm. Like they're not outright just called out on the streets. But maybe there are some people who have those prejudices against them. Um, racism. Yeah, just you know, good good old classic racism. Racism classic. Uh, because that there there always needs to be some kind of conflict in a story. You can't just have like everybody being all bubbly and happy. Um, and the the re this is gonna sound really stupid the reason racism works against tieflings is because there is a sort of causation to it of they look like evil creatures they look like these devils um so i've lost the plot of it here <laughs> i got too caught up on the fact that i was saying racism against tieflings is good and i'm like Ooh. um <laughs> Jake is pro-racism against you, things. Pro-fantasy racism. It's not like the orcs where it's just like, it's been an overplayed trope necessarily, mm. I guess. Um, whereas with tieflings, it's you can make that one guy super racist against tieflings because he actually thinks they're devil children. Yeah, I've always just, um, unless like specifically like told otherwise about the lore, I've always sort of like gone with like Asmar and Tieflings. They're they're really like if you get down to their genetic makeup, they're just humans. It's just that somewhere down mm -hmm. the line there was just some deviation with something. This person made a deal with the devil, and they were like, "So I think your soul, you know what? Your tenth grandson on the third moon will be a progeny of mine, you know, to do my bidding on this world." Oh, something I thought like that. they just I thought they just had sex with devils. That's that's that that's the lore, but like in my mind, that makes, it makes it, oh, sense. you you've it's made it like, well, sexy yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's kind of both ways in the lore. Actually, there there are people who literally are like, "Oh, hey, you're a hot looking devil. Want to bang me?" And then you know <laughs> they just have a tiefling baby, and it's like, "Oh, this was unexpected coming from a human." Oh, but never okay. would have expected these words on this baby. Mm. 
that's gonna hurt coming on the way out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hope I hope they're little when they're born. No, they're they're little when they're born. But it's but, just like goats and stuff. But but I do I do I do like the like I mean there's I mean it's a, a vast world of you know people. There's you know there's gonna be people obviously that are like oh you look like a devil you're probably a devil like that's just like that makes like if you just think not too far about it it's like that makes sense to me i don't really trust devils so i'm not gonna trust you like even though like uh-huh. the mat like you know dna wise you're more human than, than devil like you just have this like lineage of being yeah part of something yeah extra planar I feel like an enterprising tiefling could probably run a very good scam pretending to be a devil. Talk to Chad. <laughs> <laughs> he has the perfect tiefling for that. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, uh, runs a Halloween fright uh, um, like warehouse thing. Doesn't have to pay anyone, just does himself. Boom. Um, anyway, and that does bring us to our time for tonight. Thank you guys for joining me today to talk about all the weird stuff that happened in the game and then also talk about demons and devils and cool stuff, which I like. Um, yeah, this is really, this is what this show is. I talk about your stuff, then I just choose a random topic and make you talk about it because I want <laughs> to hear people's opinions on these topics and I can make you do it because my show and you'll have a choice. Um, these are anyway, all thank, words. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for coming on this show. Thank you to everyone who's watching for tuning in once again. Make sure to tune in on Friday for the next exciting episode of Roll for Damage. Then tune in on Tuesday for the next um, exciting episode of What's the Damage? When we where we discuss the episode of Roll for Damage. It's a cyclical thing. We just feed into each other. Um, check out our Twitter. We're still doing our art crawl, I believe. There are absolutely beautiful um, bits of art up there. We which you will be sad if you miss, so you should miss them. Um, check out our Discord. We have memes and cool stuff and all of us on there. We talk and we'll talk to you if you come talk to us. Check out our YouTube. We have all of our backlog of episodes there. Check out our Patreon. We have cool rewards for our patrons, um, behind the scenes stuff, uh, cosplay, mostly behind the scenes stuff, which is kind of interesting. You get to see how the sausage is made. Um, what am I forgetting? What else do we have? We have a store. We have a store and we sell t-shirts there and also mugs and cool stuff, which you will enjoy if you buy. It's it, I have a t-shirt. It's very comfy. I'm not wearing it right now, but it's very comfy. Um, I believe oh, in, our, in our podcast. In our podcast. I always forget the podcast and Chad is like, why do you forget the podcast? I work so hard on the podcast. I'm sorry, Chad. He works so hard on the podcast. Thank you, Sunburn and Lainey Owls for doing our, um, our opening title thing card and also our music <laughs> i'm running out of words so i must bid you all good night i have to go wash my face and go to sleep anyway good night we love you bye peace peace <laughs>